read on both his strengths and the areas that read on both his strengths and the areas that he really needs to grow in? That's a hard question that you ask me as his mom. It hurts to know that he doesn't know how to be happy. And uh, maybe we didn't let you know that you can be okay. <laughs> you can be happy. We don't always have to be worrying. We don't have to be miserable. Yeah. Tonight on CTS Podcast, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And today we're talking about nearly 50 million of American adults experienced mental health illness in 2019. Even more alarming, over 60% of youth with major depression did not receive any mental health treatment. Over 2.5 million youth in the US have severe major depression. Mental health and mental illness is real. Sadness, depression, disorder, anxiety, stress, overwhelm, and it's a problem. Support, therapy, there's so much to discuss. Join us with our special guest, Deanna Booker, tonight on CTS Podcast. We are definitely on loud and clear right now. Let's see here. Uh-oh. So we can't see here. We can definitely see it up there. All right. Perfect, perfect. So we're going to follow this camera <laughs> instead of my favorite one right here in front of us this time. Happy Wednesday. It has been a week. I'm not going to sugarcoat it one bit. If the Lord didn't do anything to prepare us for mental health Wednesday, <laughs> today has tested every part of my mental. But we are excited to have this conversation because there was a time where mental health, unfortunately, was shamed and you were told to suck it up. I don't want to suck it up today, Dan. I ain't had a good week. It's been a rough week. Don't fuck it up. So I am glad that you contacted me and said, don't forget it's May. And if you can get a moment, let's have this conversation. And if it wasn't needed before anything else, it's much needed right now. So before we jump into everything, D, I want you to introduce who you are, what you do, and then we're going to go ahead and talk about mental health in Absolutely. our community. So Deanna Booker, owner operator of the Booker Agency, I've uh, been in business since 2008. And a uh, little backstory, I actually started in 20, um, 2005, but um, suffering with depression and rejection and abandonment, I failed miserably. And so I officially launched in 2008. And um, that's the beginning of me acknowledging and realizing that I was suffering with depression. 
uh, but I've been in business. I am a business uh, development consultant and workforce development consultant as well. I travel to corporate training, love what I do. And most importantly, I'm a mental health advocate. So I do that by way of sharing my story. I always like to tell people I am not a licensed professional or a therapist or counselor, but um, I do share my story and in hopes of helping someone else. Definitely, definitely appreciate it. And, and I'm glad that we have, we're having this conversation because one thing that I was talking to you about was shattering the shame. Yeah. Don't shame it, don't disregard it and, and belittling it, which happens a lot. Absolutely. Um, so we will go into starting with your story because I will admit you are someone that a lot of us look up to. Right. You put us a lot in, you put a lot of us in check about a lot of things that we do. <laughs> but we admire your strength and your faith and then to hear your story is mind blowing because it makes you feel like you're not crazy. That life happens to everyone, but it's not what you go through. It's what you, it's how you handle it and how you get through it. Yeah. It's all about how you respond to it. it so, is. you know, um, I was struggling with depression in silence. And I think, you know, many of us do that. And a lot of times we don't know that's what it is. And so I was struggling in silence and I realized on the other side of getting help and healed, uh, I wanted to put a face to depression because like you said, you know, being a role model, being a mentor, business owner, all of that, you know, people see Deanna and like, okay, she got it together. And people used to say things like, oh, I want to be you when I grow up. I'm like, ah, you don't want to go this. <laughs> I'm like, listen. Be I careful what you be ask careful for. what you ask for. I'm like, no, you don't want this. And people do that. They look and they see everyone in their respective places on, you know, social media, whatever the case may be, but the back end of how we got there or what we have to deal with when the cameras are off. And so, um, you know, I struggled for years and I was in the church, minister in the church, Sunday school teacher, leading prayer, all of that. And then going home, trying to contemplate, okay, how can I end all of this if my children not walk in and find me? And it, it was such a dark place. And at the time, my husband was um, alive and I'm a widow. So my husband, I remember him asking, well, what is wrong? And I didn't know. I couldn't answer. I couldn't explain it. I just knew I was not happy. And I didn't know how to end the pain besides just, I don't want to be here anymore. And I think many people suffer with this. And it's unfortunate that there's a stigma attached to it. But the more that we look at media and look at what's going on, we see that there's more people suffering. And because we don't get help, it's impacting everybody, everyone connected. And so um, I got help. I went to counseling and I started just dealing with my stuff, my baggage, you know, my childhood stuff that we put under the rug and didn't deal with, think I'm a grown and I'm an adult, but still it was that little girl in me that was suffering in silence. And I had to deal with all of that. And that helped me get to a place where I was able to go to therapy. I was able to learn my triggers, which is so important that we have to learn our triggers. We all have them to some degree, right. but I now know how to, in a healthy way, manage my triggers whenever they come up so how long do you do you feel you were suffering as you say before you decided to actually go get professional find a professional to talk to yeah you know I, good question so I, I like to explain it like this you know i have back pain right mm -hmm. and i've lived with it for so long i don't know what it's like not to have back pain 
Well, mm. I don't know how long, you know, like, I don't know how long I was that broken that it was depression and not just seasonal, you know, sadness, you know, you see what I'm saying? So it was for so long that I can't go back to, I, I don't know. I can't pinpoint it. I can't pinpoint gotcha. it. It's been so long, yeah. It's yeah. almost embedded. It's, it was just, it was almost embedded. It was part of me. And I think the longer I went and the older I got and didn't deal with it, and the older we get, we deal with different things in life. Mm -hmm. It just compacted. It was just like one thing after another, after another. And so I think that, you know, the moment that um, I found out who my biological father was and the story behind that, it triggered something and it just kind of put me in a downward spiral. And so that was at 17. So if I had to put a pinpoint a time frame, I would say 17. 17. Okay. Yes. So yeah. throughout, throughout that time frame, do you have somebody who you was uh, able to vent to, who, who was the outlet, or you just, like, I, I, I used to think you sheltered that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was what was your form of an outlet? Or you just, you just self-diagnosed, you know? Yeah, I didn't have one. Right. Because, you know, I felt ashamed. Like, what would people say? Right. You know, well, people would judge me because they see who I am and what I do. And to know that I'm going home and suffering with this silently, I didn't I didn't have anyone to talk to. And so um, I eventually I, I talked with my pastor. You know, we do all those things like that right there and, and all of that. But um, I eventually I just went and got professional help because it got that bad. I was like, OK, I need help. Was that someone you knew or was that complete stranger? No, I had to do a complete stranger. See, I can't do that. Wow. I, just yeah. thought, I don't feel comfortable telling a complete stranger my life. Right, right, right. Because as much as they say they don't talk about it outside the office, oh, you go home and tell somebody. I had this nut yeah, case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had this nut case coming here today. But, you know, anyway, and I, I don't want to use nut case. You, know, you don't want to use that. Advocate, but I will say, think about it like this. They talk to a lot of people. So, you, and I think that's the stigma. You that's, think we're the only one. So you think you're the only one going in there talking about um, being depressed or sad? They didn't. They didn't met with 20, 30 people that week, and everybody that came here with out. different stuff. And um, but I, I will tell you this: that no matter where you are and whatever you're suffering through, someone got it a lot harder. I can believe that. And, and, and with that said, let me ask you this: mm -hmm. Did you? feel or sense some type of difference or uh, a sense of, of, of able to vent at a higher level when you discuss this with a friend opposed to a professional? Because, you know, it's good, it's good to get that friend that's mm -hmm. able to listen to you and you're able to cry on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. But when you got that professional saying, hey, I hear what you're saying. This is what I gathered. Yeah. This is what you seem to be focused on that's negative. And this is how you need to move forward. Absolutely. I think if, for me, it was better that I went to a professional because it was hard for me to talk to the people around me because at the time I was making six figures. I lived in a nice house, you know, had a car, had a good career. So to everyone else, it's like, why that's are you sad? Yeah, that's <laughs> what's, wrong what's wrong with you? Right. You know, but that just goes, your money don't make you happy. I still was not happy. And, and, and the bottom line for me was I had an identity crisis. I was, I was dealing with that because at the time I was 25, I was a wife, I was a mother, I was a fatherless daughter. I dealt with the rejection, the abandonment, but I watched all of my friends go off to college, they pledging and they doing, they living this life. And then I was stuck and I'm like, okay, I'm a good mom, I'm a good wife. Right. I, I know all this, but I don't what even know me? what my yeah. favorite food is. I didn't even know my favorite food. I didn't know favorite color. I didn't know anything about me. But if you ask me about those kids or my husband or my mom or anyone else, I could spit it off. 
but I, I didn't have an identity. And it just it just slowly just began to come back for me. Your world becomes your identity. Yeah. And that, that's a turning point. The day I looked up and realized one day these kids are going to grow up and be gone. And they're going to go on with their life. And all I've done is made my life about them. And then you start to understand these parents who are still attached to their adult children because your children became your world. The the thing that you said that hit was healing the child in you. Mm -hmm. And I don't think many of us realize rejection, neglect, abandonment. um, Some of those things come from parent situations. You said you didn't want to talk to a stranger. No. I don't like talking to the people I know. Well, <laughs> I mean, I do, yeah. but the stranger, you can say, you know, I'll tell you, you can tell your friends about problems mm-hmm. you have, but that stranger, you can go, but you know, that really hurt my feelings. Right. Like that, that hit With me. With no down. judgment. With no judgment. I don't want to talk to anybody. So, so yeah. when you say no judgment, is that the stigma that's attached to the notion that within our community, we have a, a phobia of just saying we have a problem? Yeah. I, I think so. I definitely think, I think so. so. As I think it's a fear of judgment, and you know, well, what's the fear of judgment if I'm hearing voices from somebody that I'm only I'm the only person in the room, mm-hmm. and we, we all talk to God, but at the same time, like in your head, you have an idea of an image that everybody sees with you, right, right. right. And so, if you tell them different, you feel they're going to see you different. The hardest thing, and not everybody, but as a black mother. You ever go to another strong black mother, preferably someone older in your family, and you tell them this is hard? That is the fastest time you're going to hear somebody say, suck it up. I did this, 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 mm-hmm. this, 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 this. That's, that's a good point, Chris. Yeah. And that is like, oh, so I'm supposed to, I'm not supposed to, what about when I look at these kids that I love and I'm glad I brought them to the world, but I don't like this teenager too much because it is going on. Right. Then right. you're not supposed <laughs> to feel that way. You're right. wrong for that. You're wrong with, okay, but how about I love this person with all my heart, but the attitudes that we got going on, I don't really like them right now. Right. How do you get through that phase? And you hear the suck it up. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to deal with this. So you're thinking that you're supposed to be this robot that forgives mm-hmm. and forgets. That you're supposed to just love, love, love somebody that's disrespecting or breaking. That ain't got to be a relationship. That can be your kids. But you're going to someone who you are trusting and asking, and they're making it sound like you're weak for complaining. But I'm not complaining. I'm battling. Let let, let me say this before we go on. I'm glad you pointed it out. That lets us know that it's no gender bias in this depression. It's no gender bias in this thought process. It's no gender bias in feeling... A, a sense of loneliness. Loneliness. Well, now, when you say gender bias, what do you mean? I'm because, talking. About it's it's well. Whereas if the male feels, mm-hmm. feels as though our ego is attached, where I can't say that because I don't want to look like less of a man. We have a woman who's here to say it doesn't differentiate from a male or a female because we have to get through this too. We have to we have to remain just as strong. So what I'm saying is like. I don't want a man to feel less of a man because he's thinking like this because it's a woman that's a, a superhero to some people that's feeling equivalent to that man. Yeah. So back to the stigma that's attached to the notion of we're afraid to lash out and vent. We're, we're, we're quick to brag on what we have that's so positive, mm-hmm. but we're slow to say, hey, I got a problem here. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying, I'm pointing out to this is like, she said like, hey, I basically heard her say the same thing I heard five homeboys say. So it 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 erases that gray line of. But that that comes as you get older. 
Because as when, as a younger man, you're not gonna go tell your homeboy it's hard. My man, stop acting like such a punk. Like she said, we're gonna tell you suck it up. As you've gotten older, you realize he's not acting like a punk. He's just no, a man no, no, going no, through no. something. Okay, so just as quick as I'm willing to say, we took the gender out. She honestly raised the line to say we taking the age group out. Oh, it's at a certain point. What no, what I'm saying is, it's at a certain point. It's at a certain <laughs> point where I understand. From I'm saying from even from promoters at on point of view, right, right. I can have 700 people around me at a party. I could be at your cookout, man, with 17 people, and get more validation of get more love, self love, <laughs> and self worth amongst very few people but I, I feel I'm very fruitful towards what I want to do so what I'm saying is sometimes it just takes the people around you to say hey how you doing hey what you got going on and it doesn't matter if it's a male or a female if it's uh, a 25 year old or 45 year old we all need something to get us through our daily events and how we vent is detrimental how we Carry on. Many of us are living a life that, so if you're seeking validation, for a lot of us we do, we seek it from our parents because the person who pats you on the back and says, well done, is the one you want to make them proud. Right. That's the word also starts. Though. That's where right. it starts. Right. Yeah. So right. now you're seeking validation. You're looking for that job well done. What you see a lot of people doing is you're living the life that gets you this, but you can be surrounded by all the money, all the cars, all the people. You can get a million people every day to tell you you're beautiful and you can still feel alone. And it's still not be enough because it's not, it's something missing. You can't pinpoint it, but it's something not there, but you're seeking something. And that's where it goes to healing the child in you. Very important. Yeah. Because think about it, you know, as young men, when you were younger, you were told, about, suck it up. I was about to say Don't that. cry. Don't, don't Boys, cry. don't cry. Right. So it, it was almost like, you know, <laughs> you shut down the, the male from having that emotional outbreak to express an emotion. So then you grow up to be a grown men who don't want to express emotion. Yeah, you but that also don't comes be from... a And then somebody's begging you to open up and talk now and cry and let me know. And you're going, nah, because it's been bust in me. Yeah. But on that same token, as a woman, so women hide. We hide a lot. Men hide. They if do. Women hide. hide. Men <laughs> camouflage. I'm trying to take it. Right. And it's both. it's sad yeah. because you sit there later and as a when you're 40 or 30, you're older, you go back to these women who you looked up to. Right. And then you go, So how was this when this happened to you? And they go, Child, every time y'all went to bed, I cried. Well, I wish you'd have told me that when I was sitting there trying to suck it up, thinking that you didn't cry. And I'm trying to right. be like you. I don't know that broke you. So I remember one time. A long time ago, we were all sitting as a group of friends. And I remember this guy sitting there and said, they don't build women like them. They built my mama. My dad did this. My dad did that. My dad was hell on earth. And my mama still went in the house and served him his food, made sure he got in his recliner. And they don't build women like that. My wife couldn't do what my mama did. And I thought to myself, did you know your mama probably cried herself to sleep? Yeah. And did the hill toe when your daddy left? But they don't <laughs> realize that because to that child, that's the strength of a woman. Mm -hmm. She stuck it out mm -hmm. to a woman that's lived. You know that woman is broken. So let me ask you this, okay? And we're saying like we're speaking in in in, in, the, in the form of a, a throwback, right? That's what we say. We got a throwback woman. You you know you know what I'm saying, bro? That's the yeah. But the woman you just described is a throwback woman. Oh, 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 that's a throwback woman. How much, Dion, this question is for you. How much pressure 
has social media had an aid to the decrease of numbers of women that are admitting that they're depressed opposed Ooh. to living this life on social media where they can post what they want to be how many women that you know are and it's hard to give me that, that percentage but a lot a lot <laughs> <laughs> but men and women but you know one of the things i told my kids growing up was um, I banned reality TV from my house right? Amen. because I said it's a false sense of reality. Air it is TV not real. TV <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's not real. And so when we look at what we see on TV, unfortunately, we have this generation that has associated that with living. Yep. And if I don't have that, I'm not living. If I don't have that, I'm not happy. If I don't have that, you don't love me. So it's an invisible so standard. That's one way to live. It's a standard you set for yourself. And you do, I was about to say, and you do it to yourself because you're like, if I don't have it's it, hard then to be I'm yourself not when you got the app, though, bro. And, and it's, you, it's not, bro, because it's a standard you set for yourself. I, I know I know dudes making $50,000, happy as hell. I know niggas making 200 grand, like you said, miserable. So it's a standard you set for yourself. If you can watch reality and realize this ain't real, this is all entertainment value. I then you good. I concur. You concur because we, we, you know, we're like minded individuals. What I'm saying is, to what percentage does social media play uh, a sense of validation to bring this to the world, man? Like, it's a lot of people so, like, so but, but, if you but, have again, a teenager like, right so now, it's people who's not getting enough likes that feel as if they're not worthy, is what I'm saying. That's where the standard you set for yourself thing come in. It, it does, because if you have a teenage daughter, son too, but I've seen it because I have a teenage daughter, and you put these girls online. And your child feels like I can't do certain things because I don't look like that. I'm not tall yeah. like that. They're not big like that. It's not thick like that. They're, you're you're trying to compete with that because that seems to be what everybody wants. It's kind of like when we were little and everybody thought that Cindy Crawford was a great thing to be because she was tall and she drank milk. And then we find out milk don't work for our bodies. <laughs> they can tell you what you need to do, what you look like and be. If you really walk around, everybody at the beach looks like us. Nobody walks around looking airbrushed. What's the up? camera does it. What's right. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. This is how Stigma started. He worried about me and my shorts. Right. It's hot. <laughs> no, I, I, I just and my mental health told me no, that's, it's hot. But that's, that's good info, so I, I just want to like I have a child. Serious. I have two children. I wouldn't as three of us. I won't say which two, but I have two that won't wear shorts or wouldn't wear shorts for a very long time because they had issues with their legs. Oh my my eczema, my this and my that. Because when they when especially one of them was little. A relative made this comment, who the thing tough like a gator? Mm -hmm. You can't do we don't realize the know. damage that we do that stays from just little jokes and comments. Right. So 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 Chris, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm asking. It's a lot of our peers. I couldn't imagine my mother at 40 years old still wanting to be that chick. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's like she threw that bag or that that card in at 30. When I think about what well, I'm like, damn. So I when you to... say that chick, are you relating to saying social media? No, 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 no. Like, 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 like the, 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 the sense or the urge right. of wanting to be known. That's a the, different time. That, that's I, I know it's a different time yeah. frame, but what I'm saying is like, at what percentile of these females that's still making it about them getting snatched or still having the time of their lives at four years old where they're not really happy? But the reality yeah, is, every generation has had 
that chick to be. So, Our chick is on Facebook. Right. But back then, that chick might have been the first lady. And I'm not judging. That chick and was Pam Greer. I'm not judging. That <laughs> chick might have been Pam, Pam Greer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you was Foxy I'm Mama back then, you was in there. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm talking about how today's social media has made what Pam Greer was scarce pretty prevalent. So I'm going to be honest with you. As a girl, as a woman, let me tell you things that we heard growing up that makes it what we see on social media, not too different. Put some makeup on your face, your face dry. Mm -hmm. Put a little lipstick on. No man want to see you like that. Mm -hmm. Get up, put yourself together. Put a slip on. Mm -hmm. Pull this up like that. You got to tuck this in. So you've always been heard, tuck, cleek, do. Don't nobody want you running my house looking like that. Right. Fix yourself up in the morning. But we've always heard that. Now you get up and your parents ain't got to tell you because it's online. And everybody looked right. like they woke up and did something with themselves. But we've heard this as girls all of our life. You've always heard, don't go out the house nappy headed. Don't right, want to see that. Right. Now everybody say team natural. My grandma was not playing about no team natural. You slide that thing up and down. So you keep rolling. Get that crystal it sounds like you said <laughs> that mental health and what's been embedded to our culture and our subconscious lies parallel. Absolutely. Oh, come on, side by side. I, I'll, I'll. So, 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 so. <laughs> if, and, 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 I'm, I'm, I want, I want to know, like, tell us how that's. A detriment to our community like we're fat how much is it, how much is it embedded and how much it is like this is what i have to embrace because this is my environment right well okay so first of all let me say this there's this training there's this you can go online it's called acers and it's adverse childhood experiences and so when you go through this it shows how all of us have adverse childhood experiences and if you ask answer all these questions did you have alcoholism in the house when there was abuse in the house did you hear profanity oh, a lot? So it goes a list of all these questions. What so it, it lets you associate that we all had some type of adverse childhood experience. So then what it says is, okay, people that have a high ACER score, they have a more tendency to repeat the cycle. And they have a tendency to um, lead to violence or um, different things that have we've seen negatively impact the community. So ultimately what it's saying is, Things that happen to us in our childhood affects us as adults, especially if we triggers. don't deal with it. So, yeah, it, it triggers it. So if we've seen abuse and, and certain things in our home, each person's different. So I'm sure we did a poll here. Each one of us saw or experienced something as a child that was either traumatic, it was different, whatever the case may be. And it's molded and shaped us as an adult. I got plenty and of some of us, it has right. negatively impacted us emotionally, <laughs> right. which can lead to depression. Or, or mental health challenges. It'll cause a lot of issues. Um, fat shaming is big, especially amongst women. If you go around an old woman right now, she'll tell you, oh, child, you're getting they That's what they do. But when you go home, you know, everybody around you go, you're fine. Everybody don't look like they did back then. My, my grandma said I'm fat. I got to fix this. Because that's where your head goes. It's a lot of it. Mental health illness starts way beyond what we think down to being rejected and pushed away or coming to a, approaching an angry parent and being ignored as a kid. Not to mention degree. Degree. Ooh. So, so you said a lot of this is embedded from childhood, mm -hmm. right? So as kids, as boys, I know what you told me, man, you ain't supposed to cry that much. Mm -hmm. right. As you get older, women saying it's okay for a man to cry. Mm -hmm. Right. How much is it okay for your man to cry? Like, what if he's coming home crying every Friday? Like, well, like I'm just saying, but, 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 see what I'm saying? but here's what I'm saying, though. But he's not crying. He's not crying because he's being a wuss or a punk. He's crying 
He's frustrated at what he goes through every day down Friday. Right, it's right. society. It's society. So, but he, much, every Friday he comes home, he's just like, yo. And he's been crying since he's 35. I mean, what, what I you mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying, but as a woman, as a woman, wrong. you're telling your man, it's okay, it's okay for me to cry. How much crying is too much? You'd be like, all right, dude, you just now, acting like seven, three months. Okay. <laughs> now, oh, that might be you see what I'm saying? Though, as no, a man, you gonna put that on that. yourself. So let me answer that. So well, I think that's that's twofold, right? Because right. first of all, now this is a whole other conversation on dating. I feel like you shouldn't date if you're not healthy and whole yourself. I, I agree. Okay, so with that being said, now healthy and whole woman may be able to handle that. And, and be able to see beyond, oh, he just crying all the time and be able to grasp like, okay, he life is hard. I know we, we had a whole season where for our brothers, I, I felt bad for the African-American yes, brothers because on the news, y'all kept seeing murder, death, attack, and all of that. So there's there was an emotional um, deficit there where, you know, it was hard for you guys. So if that person was, if it was the case where he was coming home, I think it's more important to understand why. Why? The why is the but big if you part. But if you're a broken woman, you're not going to take the time to understand why. You're going to immediately go, he not what I see on social media. He not strong and doing this and all that. So it, I, that's a whole so nother life. So lights is the, the difference maker? Lights on social media. Lights. That's because that's validation. Do you need some lights on social media? No, no, no. What I'm telling you, this is where we at. No, I mean, it's that where you at. This is where we at. But not really. So, like, you said, you said if you put it out on social media to be accepted, and the the equivalent way to say you're accepted is lights. For those who believe, to some, to some, not to all, not to all, but to this day and age. So there's two types of women that could deal with a man that cries all the time. There's I'm like not that said, man, y'all. No, just no, ask that question. Well, see, I, I'm gonna tell you right now. No, I can't be that. I don't. I couldn't be that man because I watched my father. My father worked two jobs every day, and I never seen a man cry a day in my life. Okay, but I'm just saying. So, so I feel I have a, to be that a, man. Okay, but he let's went deal to with provide for his family and didn't complain about it. I'm just saying that's what embedded in me. That was embedded in you. All the time I see my dad cry is when his when his mom passed and when my and my mom's mom passed. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, you just lost somebody. It's okay to cry right now. But the fact that I got to go put in these extra hours to feed my family, ain't nothing to cry about. I don't care how tired I am. I'm, but what yeah. I'm saying, that's cool. But at the same time, I'm, I'm just saying, that's I'm what I see. Guy that's real, but I don't cry about nothing but my family. It, I, you, you can't catch a tear my eye with nothing but so my family. That's me too. So when I run to look at the man that's who's frustrated from is. regular day life, that's just frustrating him every day. Like, bro, you supposed to be a man, get, get over it. Am I, am I like, yo, I'm just, so I'm asking a question. No I'm asking a question. I'm crying too much. And I, I think that. It's oh, no, I, oh, this is something that's crying too much. I guarantee you. I crying too much. So I grew up watching men who never cry. Like, they never cry. My uncle and my grandfather, I didn't see them cry for nothing. I never saw my uncle cry at funerals. But when my uncle was overseas in war, we had to pull him on the Red Cross message because my grandma was in the hospital. We thought she was dying. To watch a man lead soldiers in the Marines come home and look at his mama in ICU. And that man grabbed my grandma's pillow. We took him back to the house. He said, Crystal, can you find XYZ? And I'm in the house, you know, grab it because when she went to the hospital, she told me everybody about to go crazy. Get your ass up and you got to get mm -hmm. it together. Yeah. So at this point, I done sucked it up. Mm -hmm. And my grown uncle, King Hero, grabbed that pillow and said, man, that's my mama. And I watched him break at that moment i realized it is okay to cry that's his mama that's his family it was like. then when we had conversations as a family that you can grieve 
your parent being sick. You can grieve a relationship. You can grieve a friendship. You can grieve a job, but you got to get a safe place to be vulnerable. There are a handful of people that they just going to see me at it. But that's, 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 that, that, that's the problem. And I'm speaking from a male perspective. No, what I'm saying is this podcast, this show, this, this particular episode is for those fathers who are working those uh, 50 hours and just on child support, just trying to do right in the buy by the system that's been uh not designed uh, for him. exactly so my whole thing is like I'm, I'm not here to knock those guys but man it's hard to keep that shit together it's very hard and you're trying to be you're trying to be right by the system and by your child <laughs> and stay sane so my saying like you got you have you have to do simultaneously so my what i'm saying is like you need for those guys who don't have outlets it's as a male is it ego or is just is it just something that's passed down in y'all Exactly. Is this something passed down that is embedded, or is it's, it just ego? Because I can come to your house, and I'm older than it's you, a little bit of both. Like, it's a little and I can look it's, at you and ask you something, and I, I don't look at you as my little brother. I look at you as like, yo, I respect your opinion. That has deteriorated in the community amongst black males. It has. It depends on who you're talking with, because there's some people like you. I can tell you something all day, every day. If me and you have a, a argument later on, you're not going to throw that in my face. No. Some people will. That's what makes it scary. You, everybody should have an outlet. That's a finding that, of character. But that's having a, you can't find that outlet. There's certain people I know I can talk to, and that's going to say between me and you. There's certain things I'm never going to say a word to because if me and you ever have an argument, I, appreciate you, I already know you're going to throw it in my face. <laughs> right, you, right. you know, like you said, character. You have to find that outlet, though, bro. So it had right. nothing to do with my ego. It's what I know you're gonna fucking do with let's, this information. Let's say we're like-minded <laughs> individuals, right? Let's Does say, that make sense? It, it makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's, well, let's say we're like-minded individuals, right? We are. And for the sake of what we believe in, for our moral code, where do we even outlet? Because it's, it's it's fifty percent suckers and it's fifty percent solid men. Let's, no, 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 that's the truth. I'm serious. Well, so what I'm saying is like, even whatever side we lie on, right? Nobody's really having that outlet, whether you're a sucker or whether you're a solid individual. My mom I'm saying is like, I'm sorry to plug, but kicking it the dads <laughs> about guy. bringing dads together so they can cultivate and hopefully build with other males within our community and realize that they could have fun amongst themselves and family. But where does men lie and say that? But that, I think it, that is it. I think that more men like yourself need to step up to the plate. Meaning you gotta have to create those space. For us, for women, if I do a clarion call right now and say, all the women come meet me over at the library, we're gonna sit and have a talk and we're just gonna have a round table discussion. Meeting I wouldn't have a problem with ladies. for women to come. They're gonna come. Because we don't mind coming and we don't mind sharing and y'all getting going. our emotions out. Right. Men, y'all don't do it. So how, you, how are you going to be able to create that space where you can have those conversations, where you can talk about mental health, where you can talk about fatherhood, you can talk about life. It's gonna take strong black men like yourself, and that, like yourself, that will say, "Hey, I know five brothers. I'm gonna do whatever it takes, and I'm gonna make sure I call them. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna make sure they come and be there." Right. But, but even in that, like in this moment, y'all pause for a second. Right. But see, right, brothers right. don't do that. Right. So right. then we have these conversations. Be like, man, I didn't even know he was going through all that. But it's gonna take brothers to step up to the plate and create that space so give me the percentile of how much is embedded it's not it's not a percentile no, I, I, I know but what i'm saying is in your your assessment boy you got here her she said she ain't got statistics uh, uh, she don't have, have statistics. Statistics. No. She said she's not a professional no, but what i'm saying I'm is like let's, let's say you talk to 25 brothers mm-hmm. 
how much when you sat down with them feel as if though I got to do this because this is what I know and how much is like hey I'm coming to you because I don't have nobody to talk to you want me to give you let me so I I, I have conversations with males all the that's time that's what I'm asking so let me tell you a lot of them out of fear of rejection won't do it yeah mm-hmm. they don't want to do it because they're like oh no ain't nobody gonna do it they're not gonna listen nobody's to me. gonna nobody listen gonna come. what's that number over it being embedded what in is you what is your mathematician <laughs> <laughs> Charles from Ray Ray's Chicken Shack asked me this question. Charles from Ray Ray's Chicken Shack. I want the person that think that their um their conversation about this situation is not valid, and I want the person that think that they're too tough to talk about it. I need them to know, like, it, 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 it is no number, really. Right. I mean, it's a rhetorical. It's an question, imaginary right. rule that we right. follow. There's so many imaginary rules we follow. You can't do this. You shouldn't do that. You won't do that. Yes, you can. If you, so we talked about relationships. First of all, like she said, you need to marry right. If you can't walk in the house and talk to this person about what you're dealing with, you're in the wrong relationship, in the wrong house. Y'all got some stuff to work out. Because if you can't sit down with the person you share a bed with, and tell them I am at my lowest. That's the person who should know you better than you, your, you and your kids, your family. That's your core. So your kids, you may not have homeboys, but your sons. You just said you learned it from dads. Right, so right, your right, sons right, right, should be able right, to come to you. Right. Why would you be that dad to those kids? Let them see that. Let them see you cry. Let them know they can come to you when they got moments. Because for all of us, one thing that's a reality is it is too late when you're sitting there looking at an obituary wearing a t-shirt right right so either I you're going to suck up them emotions at that because we argue well, i don't want to do that well i didn't see that well i don't do that well i don't want to be weak i don't want to pick out your last outfit either so let's talk about it let's figure it out let's go through this come home to me if you don't feel like you can come home to me and talk about what's going on with you then i need to check myself because i'm not creating a safe place for you and vice versa and the kids need to see my daddy can go in the house and talk to my mama about what's going on my mama can go in there i've heard my mama cry to my daddy i've heard my daddy say i got you because that's healthy habits we hide it and then our kids walk around thinking they got to mimic the superhero but your superhero had to recharge every so often we don't create healthy environments we didn't have healthy environments and we don't want to own that because we got these people that we just love so much but some of this crap we saw wasn't normal so so what's with that said, and she's yeah, absolutely right. Numbers. How many what's people have you talked about? 72%. What's Deanna's solution to this? Like, what, what, what would be your approach if if you had $5 million in the neighborhood and the voice of the people within Columbia and surrounding areas or our community? Because it's, it's been duplicated throughout yes. the country. So, so let's take money off the table. Okay. Um, because and the reason why is because a lot of people that have the solution think they can't do anything because they, they don't, don't have the money. money. So I want to take that off the table. That's important. That's important. That, that, that's very important. And I believe that we, if if we just all come together, we can come up with solutions and all that. That's but so that's why I want to take money off the table. I think that you need to create more spaces where women, men can come together and talk. That's, I have that's had, I have a, a group. It's called Our Tribe. I have ladies that are in the tribe. One that was on the brake of suicide. Sounds, sounds our tribe. 
Say do a morning prayer. She was done. Do a morning prayer. Seven a.m. Part of it. Um, I've had ladies that that just felt like ready to leave marriages, all of that. But we come together and we talk. Yes, and then I bring in the professionals. Like I said, I'm not a licensed counselor therapist, but I bring in the professionals to talk when I feel like it's getting to that point. The brothers need to do the same thing. If all of us had those different core groups around the city, I think we can tackle it a lot faster than we could. Now, of course, money will be always be helpful. But I don't want that person that has this idea of, man, if I could just get a group of 10 brothers together to meet over at the restaurant down the corner and we just talk. I don't want them to think I can't do it because I have no money. Deanna, Deanna started a book club. I think the book cost all of, all of us like $10. The book was so inexpensive. We could have bought a book for people. But it cost us nothing to get on a Zoom conference every fourth Sunday of the month. And discuss that book and that book uncovers all your layers what right. made you do this why you act like that and it don't it doesn't it's she didn't have five million dollars no. she didn't have to put in five hundred dollars all she had to be willing to do was give time and energy right and i think for there's so many people that have the answer and for just a second i get it we, we all hustle you know we're entrepreneurs but just for a second, put the money thing down. Right. Everything don't have to be about a way for me to make money. I agree. Because she'll agree. tell you with the tribe, I don't ask the ladies for money. Buy your book and come on, it's free. Right. You know, so everything don't have to be tied to me trying to make some money. You know, it's and I think it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 and it's about, listen, I'm tired of turning on the news, seeing another young life lost. Yes, goodness. Seeing someone else that then gave up, seeing suicide. And I know this is a big name, but it just goes to show money is not everything. The mother from the, the judge. Uh, what's the name? Now, Naomi. Yeah, Judge. The, uh, I know you're talking about. She, she just committed, committed suicide. suicide. Robin Williams, right. one of the funniest a, people ever, yes. committed suicide. So money is not always the answer. I, I, I get that. I get that. Money's not the answer. And I use them as an example to show money don't solve the problem. Right, right, if you're right. struggling with mental health, you need help. You right. need to talk, and you can't just do one one visit to a therapist or not. You you need to have. I go on a regular. I still go. And I would think I would say I'm healed and I'm in a good space, but I know my triggers and I know when I need to just sit down and talk. Because for someone like me who I pour and I give and I sow and I do this and I'm there for everybody else, I need to have a moment. So right. for those that are in, encouragers and motivators, I'm always saying who's encouraging the motivator? That's who's true. there for the motivator? Right. So right, to right. me, when you do your, your groups and you say you call the ladies and then you call them professionals, do you call them male professionals? Well, it's all ladies, so I normally call it a, a female. But I have had. I, I never call them <laughs> Oh, you want to be a part of the tribe? Yeah. Well, that well that part well, too. But I'm talking about. I'm talking about the tribe. No, no, they in the tribe. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the professionals you call them because as when you said that earlier, I just sat here. I don't know any male therapists. Oh, I know plenty. You I don't. I'm just saying. I don't know any, so I wouldn't think of me and her getting together a group and knowing a professional to call. It would only be from a woman's perspective on what she can tell yeah, male. So when you do your group, do you have a male in there listening to women's perspective and have him respond to them that way? Um, not with this group of tribe, but I have because okay. I've had a, a singles group and I had a male um, that came in and we did a roundtable Q&A and we allowed a male to come in and share from a biblical, everything is biblically based for me. That's the foundation from a, a biblically based standpoint, as well as from a male's perspective when it comes to being single. So yeah, Do I, I have think to know the important. Bible like that. Say it again. Do I have to know the Bible like that? You're gonna Absolutely. learn it. Absolutely, no, you don't. <laughs> you ain't gotta know it. You're gonna learn it. You don't have to know the Bible. I know that. Jesus well. I can tell you that. Oh, you okay. better get him. And that's the way you need to know. You're going to start right there. You know, 
Let's talk about social media's uh, older brother and what we stand for here, which we like. Mm-hmm. How much of an influence has hip hop or music itself <laughs> held a stigma to a certain standard that an artist or a black male within our community must uphold? We glorify the struggle in music. Right. Black hip hop glorifies the struggle. So you are not right. a glorify the outlet though, Chris, because we got songs that's glorifying. Nobody well, wants first to of hear all, that. I think that we have to have real talk with our youth. So I tell my kids and even the ones when I go speak at colleges and all that, I say, first of all, don't get sidetracked by what you see on TV and media, because half true. of these artists are nowhere what they present. It's right. entertainment. That's right. it. That's the first part. The other part, one I went and spoke to a group of college students and we played um I said, I don't know music uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to say the little crazy looking fella with the things all in his head. Which one? Oh Bo- 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 Kodak back. Kodak back. The one that looked funny. Kodak Kodak got a chef said Bojo. She, Bo- she said that Bojo she, 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 she was talking about a movie. Yep, yep. She meant she meant Kodak Black I am my sister's kid. In the meeting, in, in the session, I played one of his songs, right? right? And so they was all hyped up, you know, and they knew the lyrics and all that. So they were just rapping all that. I said, okay, now let's Google him. Tell me what you know about him. So they went and looked and they looked and they pulled up some of his rap sheet. And I think um, he had, um, he was banned for coming to South Carolina for um, an assault charge on the woman and all this stuff. And they were like, oh, we didn't know that. I said, now let's go back and play the music. I said, like so it? let's see what you feed in your spirit. Do you still like it? Yeah. I said, let's see what you feed in your spirit. I said, you just listen to someone who has assaulted a woman. Right. He's banned. He can't even come and play his music here. He can't do a concert or anything. I said, so you went from full enjoyment to now the reality of who he is. And now let's listen to it again. Right, right. So we got to have a real conversations with our kids. We can't just tell them no. We're in a generation where you just can't tell them no. And so music, it, it excites you. Just like about this. Yes. Music. First, I have to know the history of music and who they was the minister of music and what's what's the purpose of it. It's built to infiltrate your spirit. Absolutely. It's this, built this to make you feel it. I'm not marketing, but the substance is low. But the substance has been bad. It hasn't been great. If you think back to the messages of stuff we hear, it's been that way. Stuff has been subliminally thrown at us for years. There are stuff right now that we go, if you like this classic love song, who's making love to your old lady while you were out making love? Wait, it's not a love song. Mm -hmm. As we lay, you say he got to get up and go back there. That's not a love song. If you think you lonely, no, that's my Wait until tonight. That is a threat. Think about what you're hearing. And what you have made what yourself. What you're not gonna do is <laughs> mess up your playlist. It's all right. <laughs> right. No, no. <laughs> but she messed up mine because she was thinking all that, and I was like, "He did mess up that 16 year old girl." Okay, there you go. And then we try to figure out why our youth, their minds, and the way they think and they move and all that. I'm like, listen, what they listening to. And so even when we talking about mental health, you know, there are times where there's certain songs. Wait, whoa. You might not need to play that right now if you're in the middle of a trigger. That's so that one boy that makes you think yeah, you're crazy. So I think we we have to have these conversations with the men, the women. We do it now. Not to say that we hit the mark on everyone, but you know, women get together. But we need to do it more with our youth. We need to do it more with our men, and we need to be in the community. And it's we need to get out the mindset of talking. we need money to do it. We have to talk. And one thing I don't like in our community, I see, is people go, "No, I ain't telling my kids how." I tell them how you were. 
Tell them what you went through. Well, they don't need to. Yes, they do. Well, and you got to tell them, but give the full picture. Because, you know, things that I dealt with when my daughter is 19, the things that I dealt with at 19 is completely different than what they did. We had pagers. And if you want to call somebody, you need a quarter because you had to stop at a payphone. You had to stop somewhere. Right. 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 It's it's completely different. And you have to tell them that. And you have to tell them that to give them the full picture. Because my daughter's like, but you did. I'm like, yeah, but listen, let me tell you what we was doing. My world was different because my daughter always tells me, Ma, you, but you went here and you did that on your own. Right. But I started staying home by myself at five. And then I had little kids in the house with me. So I grew up a caregiver. I didn't have a cell phone. So when I went out to play every night, I came back home and the streetlights came back on. That trust was built because they knew I knew to listen. I could walk and go different places. You don't have my world because you can get on that thing right now. Talk to somebody in California. I ain't even know people unless I live, unless we have family in California. My world and your world not the same. If I came up missing, they're like, listen, she hang up with this person, that person, his mama there, their mama there. You knew your bike was. You knew your bike was. They don't have my world. So you can't do what I do. And my world would have been different if my grandma could have pulled up the internet and saw 78 red dots when I went outside. I might not have been out in the woods like we was back then. So, so, so for those people hmm, of the day's generation who don't have the world, since you honestly know we're speaking to a lot of gener- people in our generation who did have that world, where are those people who are battling these mental problems who uh, feel as if they don't, they don't have an outlet to vent to? You say you're not a professional, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you rub elbows. Uh, do you have some outlets where these people can reach out to where yeah. It could be conducive to their their growth in mental health. Mm-hmm. You think you mean now, like where where those yes, different outlets yes, yes. now? Listen, it is a wealth of knowledge, information on social media or or uh, the internet. So um, Nami, there's a lot of groups that do support groups, and if you feel like um, at any time like you're not comfortable, like say you don't want to talk to strangers, then I'm an advocate for the local church. You know, find a church home, a family. Um, people are on social media all the time and offering outlets. I think that there's just it's too many outlets out there for us not to have something. We just have to get past the fear. We have to get past that 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 feeling of, oh, I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to share. I don't want to talk to a stranger. We need to get past that and seek the help. But social media is also different a, things social media is a blessing and a curse because what comes up in your timeline, you control so at one time i was looking at stuff and i could tell like going through my divorce i saw all that stuff a narcissist will make you do this divorce will make you do that how to cope and i was like i'm tired of all of that so then you start following different things Mm -hmm. and now you hear today is a good day i'm in good health and i feel good and that's what you see down in your timeline i control what i eat if i look up and i'm on my 600 pound life ain't nobody did to me but me right right, so that's the same thing if i wake up and i'm depressed and sad control what you're seeing if you see ice cream all day guess what you're gonna want if you see sex all day guess what you're gonna want if you see anger help and hate all day guess how you're going to feel T.D. Jakes and Les Brown is on my timeline. I don't think so. Let me just pull up your That's how I feel. I'm totally fine. So, did you say there's a lot of there's a lot of outlets out here on social media and the internet? Which ones do you recommend though? So Nami, Nami is the organization that is my partner. I'm the so I have my own national day, National Warrior Pearls Day, right. and NAMI is my national partner. And so NAMI Local, the local group, they do different support groups. And it's not the traditional support group, like come and sit around the table and talk. They do cooking class. 
Mm. Uh, they may do a sewing class. It's, it's catered around like different activities and things like that. So it takes the stigma of come sit around in a circle and each person sharing whatever they're going through. So it allows you to be able to be in a space with other people that are going through struggling with the same thing, but also in a non-threatening environment where you don't feel like I need to tell my whole story. No, you maybe just today you just need to just get away. Right, right. And you come and you learn how to cook something, or they do painting and all that stuff. But Nami is the um, partner that I work with with everything. But, but, okay, okay, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. and this is serious. It better be how, Mike's how, percentage. No, there's no percentile. What percentile? <laughs> <laughs> no, but one sentence, like, how many people are depriving themselves of just leisure time? Because, like, the, like the, mm -hmm. the, the simple gifts of what God has created here yeah. getting out to the park, Absolutely. walking. Um, a barbecue, um, a get together, uh, just uh, just going. Now to your social media culprit is a problem. Yeah, yeah, now, exactly. now that you bring it, you like saying. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is like, do we really need that social media for validation? It's a lot of people that where that's that's gonna get back to. What, I'm cool at I'm cool at coming to your house. We've just been four of us watching a basketball game. Right. I'm, that's 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 even better than I'm me cold. getting four and likes. You know what I'm saying? Cold. It's right. some people that say. I'm this because of social media, and if I don't get these likes, that means I'm not that. You know what social media stopped validating everybody? You know what social media stopped when I realized social media wasn't what it was? When COVID hit in March, right? By May of 2020, the one thing I told my best friend that morning, I said, I miss hugs. I was always the person that said, I don't like touchy feely. I missed when you saw somebody. You could go, oh my God, and you could hug them. I missed hugs. You could hug your kids because they were in the house with you. Mm -hmm. But during COVID, I don't care if my internet was on the computer, the tablet, the TV, and my phone. During so, God bless anyone who did. During COVID, I could not have imagined if I had to sit in my house by myself the whole time. There wasn't a like in the world that could have made me feel different because I missed something as simple as a hug. What did COVID do for your mental? How, how did it did it, did it did it did it enhance yeah it? did it strengthen it or weaken it, it, exactly that's that's what i'm hoping because like, social media i mean um, social media plays a part but what i'm saying is mental health honestly can be uh depleted by a conversation so your outlet mm -hmm. what did COVID do for your mental COVID made me deal with me mm -hmm. so during COVID, i ended up going to work in dc and i did have to spend two months by myself and I will tell you this, COVID made me realize things about myself. No graphics. I got out the shower one day and cuffed my whole self up and ran the room and realized I was in a hotel by myself. And then it dawned on me, I can't look at me. Mm -hmm. I cover myself up from me. Why? Mm -hmm. I sat in that bed at night and had to take melatonin for two weeks because I could not sleep. Why? Why are you uncomfortable with the person you came in this world with and the person you're going to die with? And that's yourself. I couldn't, I got up at five and was like, I should go work out. And then I was like, why won't I go? Like, who am I waiting for permission from? I learned a lot about me. COVID made me deal with me. And that was the first, the first time I did that's that. That's the most important thing. I think most people need to start there because you first, you need to acknowledge that something's off or, I'm not feeling it. So first of all, let's say this depression, mental health, you know, um, those that deal with anxiety, we all have ups and downs, right? Yep. So, you know, to have a bad day and not feel good doesn't necessarily mean you're depressed. It doesn't necessarily mean that. But when it's prolonged, then that's when it's questionable. 
But um, first of all, we need to acknowledge that there's something there. And a lot of people won't even do that first step because when you look at families, a lot of times they, they cover up. Right, right, that, right, that, right. That person right. in the family that has mental health and they, they shelter. Or the co sign to say, oh, he's he just he all right. He just, exactly. he just been drinking today. Right, he didn't right. got into this or he didn't <laughs> did that or whatever. No, he's always been off. And you right. know that. And y'all ain't never and got him the help that he needed. Right. And it's so true. we need to first acknowledge that we need the help. So we got to do that first. But I think it's important that we do that self check and do that self reflection. And then without any judgment, you know. When you sitting back and you know when you have certain feelings you and you you know you, you got gotta, you have to check yourself. Let me know me. And then you need to look to see what what do you need? Do you need to go to counselor? Do you need to just talk to somebody? Do you need to talk to your pastor? You need to sit back and do that evaluation. But let's say nineteen ninety nine, I can look at in and say, yo, thirty three percent of people. That that shirt's wrinkled. <laughs> I don't like it. Today, two thousand twenty two. That shows wrinkle. I don't like it. I'm automatically a hater. You're a hater. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, one sense, like, where does the stigma come attached? You were a hater in '99. Nobody vocalized it. No, no, I'm not. I'm just telling him, yo, the shirt's wrinkle. Because I'm honestly yeah, saying, like, told if you're you. going out with this group, one shirt wrinkle, I don't care if it's five other shirts that are hard. That one shirt wrinkle represents okay. us. So, I think it's the way that stuff was. I think it's always been an issue. What's the perception? It was it was people a lot that suck a it up. It Don't say nothing. It's perception because it's who it comes so from. So the stigma of mental health is is a perception amongst the African it's part of it. community. I, I, I it's prevalent, but at the same time, is it identified like with us as diabetes or or, or, or cardiovascular uh, problems? Like mm -hmm. what I'm saying is mental health has come where it's almost like how COVID said they say it came in with a headache, but we gonna mark it down as COVID. How much is this being signed off as a problem? That we're not acknowledging how much is it is a problem that we need to acknowledge that's what's saying like because it's just a stigma that's attached what are we doing here to, to to see and say come in here here's the outlet for you to get your thoughts off and there are others like you i, I, I mean it's serious like mm -hmm. so it's kind of like it depends um a man that would so a, a father who was known to beat up he'll whoop his kids if they act wrong right he was the one that came in the house and hollered and yelled he went to work and he came home 50 years ago, he was a strong man that took care of his house. Right now, he is You just described Joe Jackson that created millionaires. And he's an abuser. And he's an abuser. But he didn't become an abuser just now. He was abusive then. But we were not acknowledging at that time that that wasn't normal. So you're telling me different rules according to today's standards qualify certain things to be mental health because 15 years ago, it was just like the other said, oh, it's just him being him. That's what I'm saying. Where does the line draw? I'll give you an even same? better example. Yeah. 50 years ago, they would tell you, don't wear them shorts. You know, your uncle coming over here. You know, don't, don't sit in that man lap. Don't put no red lipstick on. That's Do true. not sit over there by That's that true. uncle because, you know, don't be a fast little girl about right. your uncle, right? Right, right? Now, don't invite that nasty man in my house. Y'all know he messed with kids. He been nasty. Right. But we're now calling it what it is. We don't say that person's touched like they did back then. We say they're bipolar. Don't trigger this. Don't do that. We don't say he look crazy since he came from the war. We'll go to do fireworks around your uncle got PTSD. Mm -hmm. We've named it. Yeah, we, we don't say that we call, call a spade, spade a spade. spade. But how much is calling a spade a spade deteriorated the base, which is the family structure? I don't think the family structure was every on a strong foundation. I think we were building structures on Big Mama didn't have a strong foundation. Big Mama didn't have a strong foundation. Big Mama was out there feeding you diabetes, and you were sitting there eating it up every day. I didn't eat coffee like breeze. I'm saying. <laughs> 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 
Now because now because Big Mama didn't real because Big Mama was the main one saying her her grandsons better not be here fucking crying. Well, no, I'm just saying. I think what has happened is Big Mama died. Yeah, Big Mama 43 now. And now, literally, mothers are younger, grandparents are younger, and the great grandparents are younger. But Big Mama is gone. Existed even in her time. So men were still abusive when Big Big Mama could have been getting beat up before she became Big Mama, and nobody wanted to call Granddad an abuser. Big Mama still went through stuff. Big Mama was still raped by uncles. Big Mama was still scared to go to certain places. Big Mama was still beat by white people. Big Mama still had big yeah. issues. But Big Mama but knew how to bring everybody together. Big Mama knew how to bring them together. Again, and so though, now that, that piece is gone. And so now everybody's individuals. Okay, again, though, let's take away what we gave y'all credit for earlier. We're going to take gender away from this. We're talking about the community as a whole. How is it detriment to our community with mental health is it society based with what we as a black man have to go through to get home you as a black woman have to go through to rise above to be taken serious like it's so much it's so many obstacles and variables that, that, that just take place to sit here and say this is why you should do this this is why you should be this, this is why. it's so much and then when you listen to the music which is supposed to be out it's saying this is why you should do this, this is why. It's, it's 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 reiterated it's embedded so what i'm saying is like how if we cut off the radio and we stand on our own how do we connect as a whole because i want to respect you as a female and i watch i want my views respected as a male that's where that family unit so that's one thing big mama brought in when you had but big, you just said she's gone she's gone but so, one thing that she brought to the family was so you talking about chris I'm so for chris, chris when i see the social media right now i did have a big mom we actually called her big right, mama right right but when you see these kids on there that say, I wrote a letter on social media before I took myself out, God bless the dead. And that child wrote all those lists of things. See, back then, when you had those moments and you were crying, that's that one person that came around the corner and said, come here. And you got hugged up on. And just when you wanted to give up, you got recharged. So that family dynamics that were missing, everybody had that one relative way back when that heard you crying. When everybody's on the computer now and everybody on the go and everybody hustling, everybody entrepreneur and everybody TikToking, nobody's hearing you in that back no more. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, I got 5,000 friends, but nobody can understand why I need love. You and need that's, No, no, no. no I'm just saying, like, <laughs> nobody can understand where I can get, th- I don't got 30,000 likes. But at the same time, sometimes you just need love. Sometimes somebody just needs you to say, hey, how you doing? Somebody, somebody just needs to say, hey. Um, can I come over and just have a conversation with you? But what I'm saying is like we become too cool to be normal. Well, because to be vulnerable, not I mean, to be vulnerable. And, and, I'm sorry, that's good. To be vulnerable. And we love you. Other, other <laughs> <laughs> Even though you but of that thousand, you got like half of them that they they saying the same thing you're saying. Right, right. So they're saying, how can someone give you love when they need love? Right. How can someone give you love if they don't know how to love? Mm. So, so you, you know, you. This is the trick with social media. You looking for love, likes, and uh, uh, affection and validation for people who's also looking for love, likes, of validation and affection. So you looking at it and want it from a place that's empty themselves. So we we got to shift our focus and our mindset and not l- let that define us. That's true. And I think that's the problem. We can't allow social media to define us. I I went like months in time when I wasn't post. People was inboxing me. You okay? You okay? 
fine. She's good. loving it. I'm fine. I'm just, I, I don't have time I, to be. Bro, on you know, I'll media. send out a text message every now and then, like, hey, bro, I don't want them just checking in on you. You're right, bro. And, and, people, and people be like, hey, you good? I know a lot bro, of people. I'm just yeah. checking in on you. Yeah. Yeah. You like you grown. We don't we don't get to hang out every Saturday no more. No, you no, grown no. have a life. I'm just hey bro, you good? I don't want nothing from you. I just want to check and see if you good. And you send that message, people think something wrong with you. Yeah, but only three percent of our friends on our friend list know that, and it trickles over. So I'm just saying, like, yeah. that becomes our community. So I'm just, I know that. What I'm saying is like, it just need to be known that it's okay to, to not, not be, be okay. okay. To not be okay. That's Absolutely. all I'm saying. Like that's that's all I'm really saying. Like, uh, as men, like uh, not to plug again, but kicking it with dads is like, come out, be vulnerable. Like somebody's better than you. I hope that dad is out there to show you how you get that LLC. How you can pick up that extra truck? Uh, how you can go get that building? But how you can stay like, home and help your kids? Yeah, <laughs> like how, how you can help your kids in a better jump shot? Right. You know what I'm saying it's like I'm not that cool. Well, I'm too cool, cool <laughs> to be better. But I think when you're talking kicking it with dads, I think people miss one thing. You don't mean you have to be a great dad to come out to kicking it with dads. You're creating an event where you're fathering the neighborhood. Right. And that's a completely difference. It's not saying you got to be a father, bring a father. You can be a kid with no father, but come out to the neighborhood back when the neighborhood it's, raised kids. I, that's about to say, you're you trying with kicking it with dads, you're trying to recreate that village. Because right. back in the day, if I got in trouble and shout out my boy Mario Mama, and I was with her, oh, she gonna smack me in my head. Right. And then when I got home to my mama, she gonna smack me in the head. She wasn't trying to abuse me, but she loved me so much like I was her own son. Like, we'll get it together. Stop now, playing. I do think- So, so that's what we're kicking with dads. You're yeah. trying to recreate that community. Yeah. This is my son, but her, I need to be responsible for him too. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? Social media has changed that a little bit. No, I'm not saying touch him, but, but no, still, no. you can be responsible. So that's what I'm about to say. <laughs> I do think social media has done. So, so you mentioned something earlier. You said, where has social media taken this and made it that? Yeah. yeah. So social media now, TikTok is guilty. They've made discipline like a bad thing. Right. Correction is not evil. So if I correct you, it doesn't mean I dislike you. Correction we knew growing up is love. The one that told you you were wrong was the one that loved you. It's that one that was like, no, keep smoking and drinking it. That is not your people. Abort mission. So social media has made it seem like if you walk in the house right now, and you yell at your child. They're like, you're mentally abusing me. No, I'm telling you, to get your raggedy behind up and get them dishes done because this is trifling. But it's not abuse when you're telling them to go clean up or go grow up or go to go to school or go to do your homework or put that tablet down. That's not bad parenting. That's not being a fuss box. That is actually engaging with your children. Right. Right. All day long. Right. And social media has also turned it into a new way of bullying for these kids, which is another source of mental and health. Can't and and the thing about it was, somebody had to check me on that one time because they was like, my son's being bullied on Facebook. I'm like, well, tell him just get off the computer. She was like, yeah. But once he go to school, everybody saw that post. Mm -hmm. Now they come into that school. It's adults it's, getting bullied on Facebook. I'm just, I'm just saying, though. For me, I'm like, man, just get the, off the it's computer. How, you, how are you getting cyber bullied? I never understood it. Because if somebody says something to me, I'm not about to have no Facebook war with you. But 2,000 people have seen this post. Now everybody's coming at you when they see you at, at Lowe's grocery store. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's another form of bullet. What's messing with people? What's messing with your mental health? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It so social media is not only for life. It's a way to get at people to make them hate themselves. Social Trozo. media has Trozo. caused a lot of people to commit suicide. <laughs> yeah. Social media has caused people to give up. It's mm -hmm. caused people to isolate. Social, our generation doesn't understand the power of social media the way the younger ones do because we didn't grow up with this. We don't care. Yeah. 
Mark, I, I, I hate to put you on the spot, but uh, I heard you mention some other programs. Are there any government assistant programs that if I, I'm not in that area that I could just sit here and log on to that would give me that the outlet to just vent and tell about my problems I'm having mentally? And actually, there are um, the suicide prevention number. You can call and they have counselors available to talk with you if you feel like you're on that side of the brain. Um, but there are other, there are tons of different avenues. And, and I'll be glad to share that and, and get that to you. Where I mean, you literally can just Google it and there's different, different programs out there where you can look and get the help that you need. But I think the most important thing is to first acknowledge it and then to look locally. Um, because although it may be something government and national, that'd be great. Um, but you know, when you having triggers, it's good to know where you can go locally. Deanna points out a really good point, and we're hoping that everyone tonight walks away with this. At the end of the day, in the world that we're in, just like it's at your fingertips to get, as Herc has pointed out a million times a night, you can get 5,000 likes. You can get 50% of the people in the world to watch you. But the reality of it is just like we can Google where to go, just like we can Google what to do, just like we can Google Airbnbs, just like we can pull up YouTube with rap artists. There are also sermons. There are also speeches. Right, right. There is everything that we need is at our fingertips and we pay and we go, we will be late for work to go back and get the same thing that we need. So these devices are not, and computers are not just meant for entertainment purposes, but they need to be used for purposes of healing. Sometimes you may not want to go talk to the pastor. You may not want to go talk to your friends, but you do have at your fingertips something that can make you help you. So looking at things like she gave us tonight about healing the child in you, about recognizing your triggers. And I always say, me, no me, deal with you. And that comes from you having access to it. You can look up everything that you want to, but we need to do better at looking up what we need to. Kicking it with dads. Rebuilding the community. Rebuilding the communities. Being the parent you post about. Being the parent that we tell people to be. Right. And then being the person that we needed growing up for our children. That's where it starts. Because if you do it for your kids and they do it for their kids, you've created a new generation that broke a generation's curse. So with that being said, I appreciate you having this conversation. It was great. It's going to be some man in the mirror mic checks tonight. Right. Michael Jackson. Uh, and, and again, it's, it's okay to not be okay. I, we just Absolutely. want everybody to know that. Like, it's okay to not be okay. You don't have to be cool. I do want to say, though, when you're going out see, see, searching for your help and you're talking to somebody, don't expect you from that person. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're right. talking to them, don't expect them to respond or react the way you would if somebody was telling you that. Right. That's, that's going to be big. You got to be open. Because I can't expect, you know, hurt. Yo, I got $500. I need 10. However, I will say before we close tonight, I do want to give the biggest congratulations and thank you and props to our generation. Because one thing we did do is we gave a name to things that people disregarded for a very long time. One of the biggest things that we have done is we do acknowledge it. We acknowledge wrong was wrong. We acknowledge victim shaming was wrong. We acknowledge that our bodies are different. We are now doing things that others did not do. And that's where healing starts with the change in the shift. So, and I will say this, if you don't mind, um, anyone can message me. I get messages all the time and I take phone calls. I'd rather hear your story than read your obituary. I've read that somewhere. And right. I'd rather hear your story, talk with you and listen than to have to read your obituary. So get help. This Hug a friend where, where tonight. Can can Facebook. 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 She on Facebook. <laughs> You're going to see it because we posted. Yeah, yeah. Hug a friend tonight. <laughs> Check on a family member. Right. Like one of Herc's posts. Send Herc a number. Somebody give us a number.
Good night. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a definite joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs>